You're listening to A Conversation with Vess Blake with your host, Vesco Blake. Don't forget to check out the website, www.vesblake.co.uk. That's www.vesblake.co.uk. Scan down people back again with yet another episode of a conversation with Best Blake. But this time I've switched up a little bit, yeah. So I'm doing something a little bit different. I've got a female next to me this time. I got a bit tired of sitting next to guys and you know what I mean, and a couple of the guys that I've spoken to are quite muscly, so there weren't no space on the couch. And I was tired of being the most handsome person in the room as well. So this time we've got um Denise, who's an entrepreneur. Um, yeah, so I'm here today to chat it up with Best Blake. Alright, dope. So, tell us, what is Edge London and Edge Styles? So, Edge, Edge London, now known, sorry my glasses just fell, um, is a women's online clothing company. Um, I source different products from bandage dresses to like everyday wear, jackets, Parker jackets, all that jazz. Um, but now I'm in a stage of rebranding, so really going to be introducing a lot of my own designs coming 2018, April 2018 onwards. So at the moment, it's kind of taking offline and just kind of really just working in, working back ends and trying to get things, yes, ready for the relaunch and rebranding. But yeah, look out. Uh, so it's not every day that we hear that um, a brand or like a designing label is rebranding so was there a reason behind that so um edge styles known as was you know it was it was birthed from just a, a random idea you know i had a, i had a lingerie company prior to um edge um edge styles and um due to funding x y and z um i kind of had to put um just say bye to that one and then it birthed edge styles which really grew, you know, had the Love My Hip Hop Girls wear my stuff, and it really was doing really, really well. Like, I mean, literally started at home to move to office last year. Last year, February, January, February, moved to office space, had employees and X, Y, and Z. And then, um, say, July, August last year, I hit 30K followers, you know, on the shade room and all this stuff. My Instagram got deleted by a competitor. Ouch. Everyone say, ouch. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was painful. And I really challenged it. I really tried to fight Instagram, tried to get it back. And it just, they just wasn't budging. And they wanted a lot of legal fees, which I just didn't have. Um, so going from a business that was literally making four to five grand a week to my sales literally declining by the second. And, you know, from that, I realized that, I learned a lot of things, you know, I, I solely relied on social media to push my business, one, two, because the business was doing, literally just going and banging out orders and it was just literally like, it was a madness, a good madness, um, I didn't really have time to strategize. So from that hiccup of my Instagram getting deleted, um, I fell into depression, I was so sad, I was, you know... You only only if you know how it feels to build a brand from scratch, you understand the kind of pain that comes with losing it, and I and I felt like I literally felt like I lost it. So, 
I literally just went into my shell and I didn't really know what to do. And I felt embarrassed, you know, I left my job and then I had to go back to work, I had to get my coins back up, you know. And my business was completely self-funded, just purely by me, cash, no loans, no, no startup loans, none of that. So it was a lot, it was a lot for me. But anyways, fast forward, I came through my transition from, so I went back to work in September, um, got a little, little job back in HR, that's kind of like my background, HR, psychology and all that stuff. Um, got a job back in HR and I just in the beginning of January you know I just realized that um, okay we just need to align again and that's where it birthed the idea of, okay let's rebrand let's really go back to the root of why you started this um, and I really wanted to be a brand not just an Instagram business mm. I really want to be a brand my goal was to be somebody like like the house of CBs like the misguided misguided is like my my goal and um, so yeah, so this this is where I am now, just literally working behind the scenes and getting it all back together, really fixing my pieces. Uh, I've got so many questions based on what you just said. <laughs> I ranted a little bit. I sorry. Think, no, um, I'm not gonna lie, yeah. If I had thirty k followers and uh, and my business was generating that kind of figures every single week and and it got deleted, I'm I'm shutting down Instagram. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 doing something. I'm so like I'm petty. <laughs> I would lose ten pound and I have, and I have to take it out on someone else. God forgive me, but yeah. I'm petty. So I, someone else's Instagram would have got shut down. Yeah. But that's really nasty. So a competitor took it down. And it was a big competitor. It was actually um a big a big company that took it down, and um I don't really care. I don't know why they even care about. It. I'm like a small fish compared to who they are. But mm. it's just yeah, it was it was heartbreaking, and I felt like I wanted to. I wanted to just kill somebody. I was I was literally devastated. I, I was doing everything. I was tweeting. And I don't even tweet. Like, <laughs> what did you tweet? Like, I was, was like, most... I'm going to sue you. Not you're allowed this bullying and all this stuff. And I was literally on it all the time. But it just didn't work. And I'm not really a person that puts myself out. And I, was, and I created a personal in, um, Twitter page and all this stuff. I was really going in. But, you know. What was your most reckless tweet that you sent? No, it wasn't that bad. I literally, I said, you love, you love bullying. And I kept on adding them, I just the owner, CEOs of Instagram, all those things. I, I found all of them and Facebook I, and <laughs> all of that stuff. But um, I just got to the place of just like acceptance. A lot. Mm. Acceptance, not necessarily acceptance, more of a thing that, okay, right, you're in the unit. So my God, you have to get, you have to go and find a look at work because, you know, it is what it is. And just have to just, and I'm a person, I'm a survivor in it. So I just got to crack on. But in my heart of heart, I felt like I failed. And the biggest thing that I really learned from that, I realised that I, ch I attach my self-worth and identity to my business, which is kind of a dangerous thing to do because when my business crashed, mm. I felt that I crashed as a person, as Denise, and not that Edge Styles crashed. So it was it was a lot of t um, battle back and forth, realising to try and separate the two, that no, Denise, you didn't fail, just your business did. And, and ultimately, it didn't necessarily fail. It, it didn't. Was, it it was, didn't. You know I mean, it was someone who's extremely bad man and, as you put it, a bully mm. and decided to shut you down, which yeah. to an extent is 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 a really weird compliment because it, it, yeah. it, it kind of yeah. shows how dope you they, was doing. Yeah, they felt intimidated by me. Little, little old me. Who did you have from Love and Hip Hop? I don't, I don't watch Love and Hip Hop. I had Yandy. I know, yeah, that's, I that's, had a, Erica. that's a person, but I know Yandy. I had Erica Mena. I had Tara. Who's Tara? Tara, I had Tara um, Peter Guns, his girl. And Erica Mena. Erica Mena. She, she, she went out of Bow Wow. Yeah, that, she right. wore quite a lot of my stuff. I became quite good friends with her stylist. 
Um, I had. Um, How did you get hold of these people? They contacted me. And, oh, for real. Uh, Angela Simmons stylist contacted me and asked me to address. An- Angela, Angela Simmons, Simmons Russ Simmons. That, um, yeah. Is that Russ's daughter? That's his yeah. Is, yeah. Is, is, your name, is your name Russ? Yeah. Is that yeah. Yeah, she she contacted me and asked me for a dress and everything. So it was really growing. And, you know, I was so proud because I did it by myself, like little old me mm. in my room, just grinding away. And, you know, I had a vision and and, and God had a blessing, <laughs> really. So, um, yeah. All right, so you said that um, when it all got deleted and whatnot, you went into like a form of depression. Mm. How did How you get deleted? Oh, another company. Um, we kept reporting my pictures and saying I was using their pictures in Instagram before like last year Instagram didn't care about business only big major like Marks and Spencers they yeah. cared about so obviously only this year they launched like, a small business they started realising that they could capitalise on us so last year now a big business kept reporting my picture now Instagram don't do background checks if someone says that's their picture uh, Instagram that's just that's just say okay <laughs> do you know YouTube, what I mean? Like yeah, they mm-hmm. don't care. They don't really check. So I kept saying Instagram, okay, show me the proof, innit? Show me the proof. And they couldn't show me. But you need to get solicitors involved. And really, I didn't have them solicitors. <laughs> they were coins there. Mm. But yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot going on. Yeah, so how did you deal with that? So how did you bounce back? How did you pick yourself up? And um, <laughs> if you don't mind saying, how long did it take as well? So how long was you in that in that sad period? So you know what? I was back and forth in a sad period. Like, um, I still was still trying to go. I still um, still trying to push my business. But I just felt like things had changed so much. Because now, um, obviously, I was now... Um, what's it? What's the next thing now? Snapchat. Snapchat had become, like, a prominent place now. So, mm. Instagram, when I started, was the pla- was it place. You're doing this thing and Instagram was it. But now, Snapchat had been included. So, I had to change up my dynamics. But then I'm trying to get sales and trying to get the money. So, it was, it was really, really, really hard. So when I went back to work, I just said to myself, okay, I can't rely on social media solely, one. So what am I going to do? So then I thought, okay, let me do a stall. So I got a stall in Dagenham, um, Dagenham Market on a Sunday. So I was grinding. Three o'clock in the morning, I had to get up, sling my... And I've only got a little car. I put all my stuff in my little car. And my little cousin, bless her heart, she was out three o'clock in the morning with me and we was going, we was down Dagenham Market. And we'd done a, we'd done a good run in the Christmas period. And then I was like, right, this is cold. This is a lot. It's hard work. Like, <laughs> and also, I feel like I was not devaluing my brand, but a little bit devaluing my brand because it really wasn't the vision. Yeah. So, did I did. you feel I, like you, you felt so eager to get back onto your yeah, feet that you were just doing anything to lit- try and make sales? Absolutely. I felt like I wanted, I just, I just couldn't deal with that shame because I felt like, as I said, my I felt like my identity was attached to my business. So, therefore, mm. I felt embarrassed. Like, I, I got office space, bruv. <laughs> I've got office I left my job like this was me it was it, like if he saw my house 2015 Christmas it was just ridiculous and I literally had only been in business for like what eight months but mm. it was a madness like only person could testify is my tenant who we was on the phone back and forth I used to come home at lunchtime get get products put my rack sack she was doing it it was it was it literally just went skyrocketed from I never know it just 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 it just grew so to now it being nothing, it was it was a lot for me to take on board. So anyways, I went back to work in September and the realisation came when I went to a Bible study mm-hmm. and I remember one of the girls, was, she, she just shared a story that basically that God's trying to shift us, but because we're holding on to the past and yeah. just not holding on to what was, you can't see the shift 
what God is trying to do for you. Mm. So it's like I was mourning over the what was, but not realizing that there's something better. Of course. And so that was like the penny drop. I literally like, I think for me that was like the realization saying, "Raw, okay." you're about to go into something that's that's beyond what you even imagined was going to happen to you. Yeah. And you need to let God do what he's got to do. So then I decided, I said, okay, fine. I'm just going to live my life. I'm going to give myself a year. I'm going to get my money back up. I'm going to sort my home out in terms of just, I feel like if you're, if you're a chaotic person, if, if your life, if, if it's chaotic around you, you cannot mm-hmm. make good decisions. Of course, yeah. You always make mistakes. So therefore, because I was so in my emotions and in my feelings about a lot of other things, I wasn't making good decisions. I was impulsive. So I decided in February, big enough February, that I'm going to dedicate a year to myself. I'm going to focus on strategizing my business behind the scenes and I'm going to get myself and my house in order. And that's where I am now. I think that's so dope, you know. I think... Um that's really good that you was able to understand that you needed to let go of the past and mm. let me and just have to not be forced back into trying to get back to your thirty k followers yeah. and your four to five grand mm. a week because a lot of people would have been eager. I would have been eager. Of course. You know what I mean? And I would have made irrational decisions. Oh, yeah. So no, that's um, that's really that's really really um respectable. So Thank you. you did all of that within eight months. Was that your first business? Or did but I didn't do it for eight pr- months. Um, it was probably the whole thing. It probably the the real pinnacle of success came like December. It started really in um, November twenty fifteen, and then continued until about June, July last year. And then I lost mm. the Instagram. So it was really just from December twenty fifteen okay, throughout so most of twenty sixteen. It was just soaring. Literally. And then prior to that, you had the lingerie business. I had a lingerie business. Listen, I've been an entrepreneur like, for a long time. Well, I've been trying to think for a minute, let's say that. But when, yeah. I, when, so like, when was your first encounter with business? So my first encounter was when I was 17. I had the vision of a lingerie business when I was 17 years old. And I used to work at my first retail job was Ann Summers. I imagine I was a Christian, <laughs> new Christian. Imagine slinging dildos. Oh, it was a lot. <laughs> it was a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot in Victoria. <laughs> So anyways, that was, that was my, that was my, that's when I realised that I had something about me. I've had, I had a knack of making people feel good. So what was it about <laughs> selling dildos that made you realise you wanted to become an entrepreneur? No, it's no, it was a lingerie. It wasn't selling dildos. <laughs> no, I know, dildos. I know, I know. Just, just, it was I'm a lingerie silly, part. Just... <laughs> I think what I, I realised is that I didn't, I, I didn't know about lingerie like that. So when mm. I worked there, okay. I realised that I liked making people feel good and, Girls just coming, yeah, I want to be sexy for my man. I was only 17, I don't know about marrying a man and being sexy for a man. But anyways, I learned all these things along the way. Then I went on to Rigby and Pella, which is like a really famous lingerie company. And that's when I really grasped the power of having great underwear. And, you know, customers, I only worked there like three days a week. Customers used to kind of like wait for me and stuff. So, and that was the Westfield one. Mm. so I had this idea but I didn't I, it was just sitting there and I always thought about it I always tell my friends oh, I want to do some company one. but I thought this was expensive and I, I don't have money for that so I started a, a window cleaning so when I started Westfield Shepherd's Bush opened and we was there when it was still in construction so I said I thought well let me capitalise on this so I started going around to the shops mm. and giving them um, my business card and saying like well I could clean your windows innit I didn't know nothing about cleaning windows. I just saw the opportunity, innit? So anyways, I went job centre and, and I found out you could go job centre and you could get referred employees. So I started doing interviews with um, like people from the, from the job centre. 
So one day, one man comes to me and I was giving him all the figures. He's asking me, I said, how much do you get paid? How many charges windows? That's when I realised that, okay, I wasn't, I wasn't, this wasn't my industry because I didn't know the numbers. I just mm. didn't know the numbers and I realised that, okay, there's a lot more to window cleaning than I thought it was. I thought just throwing a bit of water on there. So did you actually engage with the window cleaning or was it just an idea? No, I literally had um, the shops calling me and asking me, what, what days can you come in? Like, so, so how many? So so how long? So you was out there on on the field cleaning windows? No, I didn't do it. I didn't get into. I didn't even go oh. that far yet. Okay. I didn't even. I didn't even go that far. But what we did was, I started giving that business cards and telling them, yeah, we can do. This, I could do this service, and that. So they started. Shop started calling me and asking me how much do I charge the service. And then obviously then I started thinking, okay, I can't clean these windows. I need to get somebody to clean the windows. Then I heard through the streets, told me I could go to the job centre and get referred employees. So then I started doing interviews. But then, you know, these people have been doing window cleaning for decades, mate. So mm. when they were trying, when they was running the numbers on me and all this thing, I was just like baffled. I was like, right, okay, they say it for me. <laughs> they say it for me. But anyways, at about, nine, at about 24, I really pushed the lingerie company. And lucky for me, or kind of lucky for me, I worked with a really wealthy guy who was going to be my investor. And the last minute, the month just before the launch, um, he pulled out. He pulled out. And I was like... So you spent all of this time... Building. Investing. Yeah. Time. Ordering stock. So all the stock was already ordered, ready to go. We needed to pay for it. So we pre-ordered. Obviously, it runs in seasons when you're doing it properly. Mm. And I ordered all this stock ready to go. And the month before he just pulled out, I was literally like, but I'm a person like, I could do it. I could do it on my own. I'll do it on my own. And I just got myself into so much debt and everything from it. And it was just a madness. You've had a really roller coaster experience in terms of business. Yeah, but I... Now at this stage, sitting here with you today, I think it's needed. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm absolutely grateful for it. I'm so grateful because you know people you see on Instagram, you see these girls in their Range Rovers, they've got every <laughs> every Louboutin that comes out. You see them with you know the Brazilian hair down to their bum and every, everything the latest. And mm. the reality is that's actually impossible if you're really doing this thing. Like you have to have sacrifice like it it's not as easy as what these girls unless they've got a sponsor in it if you've got a sponsor <laughs> you've got a man transferring or you've got a roadman <laughs> dropping you the coins then absolutely yeah you can live but if you're really doing this thing and you're legitimate doing it you really are eating like minimal sometimes i have to question am i doing my nails or my eyebrows which one are you going to do in it and literally mm. at 20 between 10 and 20 pounds like because I couldn't do both because like, I had stocks to buy, I had bags to buy, I had swim tickets to buy, I had to update my website. There was always something. Do you know what I mean? And So do you feel like, so one of my previous guests, um, mm. I asked him this a very similar question. Like, yeah. do you feel like there's a lot of misconceptions with being an entrepreneur? 100%. What do you think the biggest one is? I think the biggest one is just telling people it's easy. Mm. And it ain't easy. And it's not for the faint-hearted. A lot of people think they could be entrepreneurs, but a lot of people are not willing to give up, you know, a bit of their life to make this thing blow, to make this thing happen, to get this place, to get this beyond their brethren's buying for them, beyond Instagram buying for them. Do you know what I mean? Some mm. people are comfortable just saying Instagram buys for me. That's not really... That's okay, but, you mean, you're looking at the misguided. You know, he, he posted up a post saying they hit... Um, two point six million that from just having that collaboration with Jordan done the other yeah. day, like that one collaboration. Do you know, what I mean? that's that's success. That's real life levels. 
Do you know what I mean? I don't want to be like just that Instagram business. And yes, you start there, but it has to be a real journey. Do you know what I mean? You want to be free. Of course. You know, and you want to be genuinely free. You don't want to do like, you know, it's, it's, who saw that thing with Bow Wow to the, the other day when over stunting, pretend like you were about that jet life and someone saw you on like what? Economy flight. <laughs> don't, don't don't be that guy. Oh, <laughs> is that what the Bow Wow challenge is? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, did today. Like the other day he posted that he, oh, he's going to work on the jet when man was on the economy. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Why do that to yourself? You yeah, know, it's it, embarrassing. It is embarrassing. embarrassing. It's not needed. Like, I don't, you shouldn't have to feel the pressure to yeah. live a certain lifestyle. You know what I mean? Just stay in your lane and just do your thing, I But guess. do you know what I find the hardest is that trying to, be a woman as well. And when I say that, it's like, I, I'm 30 now. Mm-hmm. And I started this whole thing a while oh, you're ago. You're baby free, man. You're young, man. <laughs> I'm a grown-ass woman, my brother. <laughs> but yeah, so just trying to start, just being a woman. Because obviously you want the whole thing of marriage. You want the whole thing of, you know, you want a family. But then also you want this success, isn't it? And you, so but in business, you kind of have to be a little bit of a beast. And you don't really have that time to go on dates and da da So that battle, I mean, that is a that is a tough battle. And a lot a lot of guys, well, for me, I can only talk about my experience. Everyone's different, isn't it? But you know, to understand a woman that is really striving for mm. her family to be good, and you know, it, it is it is really tough. I find that I find that to strike that balance is tricky. Quite a tricky thing. Okay. So do you find that a lot of men, or have you found that a lot of men were quite intimidated when they learned that you was an entrepreneur and you was doing your thing and making so so amount of money, had your own No, place I never really and... spoke about it. I was, I'm not, I'm not really like that. I'm quite, because I didn't really feel like I was like, I had bust, do you know what I mean? Mm. Like I felt like I was on my way, I was growing, but I didn't feel like I was bust. So I'm proud of what I did, but it's not something that I bragged about because in my head, I'm always striving for more. Mm. So I never really, it's even when I graduated, I still even felt like, is that it? Okay, next, I'm on to the next move. It's like I never take the moment to celebrate what I'm doing. So yeah. it's not really, I'm not really a tough person to kind of, yeah, tell, going, oh yeah, you know, I do this thing, fam. I normally tell people I just work. <laughs> like mm. I just work. I work in HR, I work for whatever, you know, so. So what was it like growing up? Like, what area are you from? How was things when you when you was growing up? Was there anything, like, was anything when you were younger that made you this hungry to, not hungry, but, mm. like, you had this um, burning desire in you? Or was there anything that you can think of that kind of lit this fuel to be successful? Do you know what? I don't, I think this is natural in me. So... Um, I was born in Jamaica, believe it or not, although I sound like a common Englisher, but I was born in Jamaica and I grew up with my dad's here. We had, we didn't really, I don't know, my dad let me down a little bit, so I decided one day that, okay, I'm, I'm going to leave. So I moved out when I was like 16 years old and because I was young, I had to go in foster care for a little bit and then I got a hostel, so I was in a hostel for about a total of about 18 months to two years, two different hostels. I was in one in Peckham. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, bait one in Peckham, all girls hostel, and um, yes, yeah, so I lived there for a bit. Be- um, and before you carry on, can mm. you tell us your let's t- tell us the hostel story? I hear lots of stories about hostels. <laughs> can you hear one hostel story? One hostel story. Oh my god, because it was all girls, it was like four, you know, so it was a fourteen fourteen bed house, all girls, and it was just always like a madness. And obviously, everyone comes with their issues, do you know what I mean? Everyone comes with their, yeah. their baggage. But we're still, like, sisters at the same time. It's like a love-hate family thing. And, um, 
Oh yeah, I remember one time one girl she used to just move to everyone's man. Like everyone's man, like and we used to have one of those phones there, you know, back in the day. I don't know if anyone knows those phones that you that the person can call you but you can hear them on the phone, uh-huh. but they can't um but you can't um they can't hear you. So you press the button. Do you remember those phones? Those like pay phones type of thing. I don't have a Oh god, you don't know about this life. <laughs> so isn't that, um is that like isn't that you just press mute? No, it's not like pressing mute. So it's one that you can call they can you can call the number and they can hear you, but you can't hear them, or something like that. Anyway, so anyone that used to call the foster phone, my girl would be jumping for the phone. Like, is your man? She'd be on the phone talking, like, she's you and madness. So she used to get beat up on a regular. And <laughs> she's always leaving underwear in the bathroom, so everyone used to dash it on the floor. Like, Come and take up your knickers from the bathroom. Listen, we used to, like, yeah, she used to get it still. But, um, bullying. No, it's not bullying. It's not bullying because she was just enough. Like, what, and if someone, if a guy knocks on the door, my girl will come down in a towel, little little towel. You're doing too much. Mm. But anyway, but it was good though. I lived in the hostel for that for a minute. Then I got my first flat, um, and then I got this flat where I'm at now. And yeah, so that was my hostel life. Hostel life was interesting. It was it was tough. But um, I went uni. I went college. Went uni. What did you study at uni? Psychology. Um, my goal was to be a psychologist. Like that was, that was it. So I worked in prison. So when I left, so I graduated, which is like it's like a bit of sweet because I because obviously I'm not really I don't really have family like that. So, um, I went graduation on my own. I was like it was so oh, embarrassing because wow. I was like, oh, do you mind taking a quick picture of me? And you know people oh, wow. their family and that. It's like it was like yeah, it wasn't nice. It wasn't a nice thing, but at the same time, it was like right, I did that. Do you get me? So mm. it was. It's like a bittersweet moment, and um, but it's still, yeah, it's nice, whatever. Anyways, um, but my dream was to be a psychologist, so I worked in Brixton Prison. They got the Brixton man then. <laughs> <laughs> I worked in Brixton Prison, and then I went to ISIS Prison, which is like a young offenders, and I really was wanted to do this, this prison life. I really wanted to be a psychologist. My, I, I found at quite a young age that my skill set, I can't sing, I can't dance, I absolutely can't twerk. But... Um, <laughs> I I realised that I'm really good at making people feel good. Mm. And um yeah, I think that that's that's my that's my blessing. That's what I that's what I'm really good at. Although I do have a few haters, but hey, who doesn't, you know, when you when you when you when you're you bad and bougie, you get me? <laughs> Anyways, yeah, but um yeah, so I knew that for a long time but I didn't really I didn't really know what capacity it fitted into. So anyway, I trained I wanted to do psychology things but I had to be like a um an assistant psychologist doing assessments and whatever not then i was like no nah, this is dead because the coins are not right like my friends are making mad pee and i'm out here just like eight pounds an hour just mm. do you know what i mean like trying to grind on this thing and then i went to hr and got my first role at walt disney worked for sony rio tinto is like the world like rio tinto is like the world's biggest diamonds mining company um i worked for news uk which is like again another massive company who do print so basically they did a sun um the times the times newspaper it's massive and um yeah so i've just been yeah i worked for really some really big companies but it never it never fit as well because that's not like i've always had a desire to do my own thing i've always been that leader in a way yeah. in my own right in my own right do you know what i mean so I felt like I was just ranting for a minute. I was chatting like no, no, and I was proper like touched when you said that you went. Um, well, like my heart kind of felt some kind of way when you said that you went um, to your grad 
by yourself. Yeah, I didn't have anyone to go with me. And um, for my dad's girlfriend, who's just absolutely like, she's just like, she's amazing. And she didn't, she, I wouldn't say she's my mum because I don't have a mum. Well, I do have a mum, but I didn't grow up with my mum, so I don't really say I have a mum, but whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, she's a really nice person. Do you know what I mean? Like, she's she's always rooting for me no matter what falls or whatever else she's like a big system really but she was just not well she has lupus so she just generally okay. couldn't come so yes yeah, so when i had to go one up in it it was a bit embarrassing but you know it's, it's just my life you know what but at, at least you graduated absolutely and at least most, i graduated and, and even though all my friends that anyone that listens to would know about my levels of typos but everyone knows the dyslexia struggles so um but i graduated so that's the main thing you know it didn't hold me back so and that was anybody that has um dyslexia struggles who cares i've still fabulous a lot of people have it and i don't yeah. feel no type of way i'm like just get just read the whole sentence it'll make sense to you later do you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> that's what i do <laughs> Like get used to it is what it is. So like, when did you start going to church? Cause um, did you, or have you always been a Christian? I started to go to church when I was seventeen, when I was in my first hospital, my last hospital, and I met this amazing woman who, I was going through a lot of. I had a domestic violence relationship, and I. This lady, she's just like my, she's like my angel. She's just, she was my key worker. But what I liked about her was that she was different. She's a lot like me. She's got a big personality, doesn't really always fit in, but her heart is is so for love. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So not a lot of people can get it, but if you get it, you are all the way in with her. And she took me to her church, and I went to Micah Ministry for years, for years and years and years, and um, then I grew out of that church. And so I grew I started going to church when I was 17 with, um, with Samantha Oliver, yeah. And she's still part of my life now a little bit but um yeah so i started going to church and i just know god's covered me through so much stuff like i can't even it's not even a topic for today it's another topic but you know <laughs> god's really covered me and that's the center of my heart like i might i might still live like a normal person do things that may not be biblical or christian but i know that i'm covered 100 percent to be here and, today and where where do you think you would be without your relationship with god that's not even a question. I don't know. I don't think I will ever not have a relationship with God. I don't know how to answer that question. No, as in, like, if you didn't find God. Like, I don't know. Like your 17-year-old self. I don't even know. Like, I, I can't even think of that. Because I don't, I don't think... I, I don't know. Because you know what it is? The reason why I can't answer that question, really, because I've never really been that party girl. That's not my natural nature. I've never really been promiscuous, either. Mm. Like, it's not my natural nature. So... You know, when people say, oh, you're not hostile, they have this stereotype, you're meant to be a teen mom and whatless. But I've just never really, I don't know, I've always, I just feel uh, like I've done the right thing. What about this then? Would you, do you feel that you would have handled, for example, losing your 30k followers and, and other life things, such as um, the investor pulling out like the last minute? No, but have... I still cussed him out. <laughs> <laughs> I still cussed him out. And I still was upset. I was, I, I was, no. Because I'm still human. So, but, so, if it, <laughs> I'm, not being, I'm very honest. So, yeah, no, I, I still handled it how I handled it. And how I handled most situations. And maybe I repent afterwards, but whatever. <laughs> Thank God for grace. But, um, yeah, no, I just, I, I, I don't know any other way, really. You know, 17, you're, you're still a baby. You think you know a lot. When you look back, you're really still really innocent. And you're still, that's the age where you kind of form your identity. So it, it really is 
genuinely my identity and I don't mm. know any other way. I, I can't look back at 16 and think, oh, I was reckless because I've never really been reckless. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's just it, really. All right, so if you could um, give your 17-year-old self any advice, what would it be? Be patient. Um, I would say be confident. Be confident. And maybe be a bit more stronger. Like, I felt like a lot of, a lot of times I wore my heart on my sleeve because I didn't understand... Um, I didn't understand because I, I feel like now okay I'll go back to 70 go back to, I can only refer it now now I realise that there's lots of gaps in my learning as a woman because mm-hmm. I didn't have a mum and I didn't really have that kind of female dynamics God has blessed me with people that's come in my life and out of my life but not not consistently in my life mm. so as I'm older now I think that I would have if I asked, told my 17 year old self I would have stuck like been a bit more stable with some of the women that was in my life to mm. teach me a lot more. Cause now, only now, I'm kind of learning a lot of things about myself as a woman, as a wife, and gonna be a mother. Well, I'm not gonna be a mother right now. Let me just clear that right the way up. <laughs> but you know what I mean, those aspirations type of thing. So I tell myself just be a bit more stable in your relationships. That's that was that's actually really key for me. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and so um, I'm pretty sure we've got some people listening who probably want to get into business mm. or probably have some business ideas. Don't run! I'm joking. Don't run. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, yeah, but... No, 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 no. I'm, I'm actually kidding. It's a so beautiful what, thing. Uh, so what advice would you give them? I would just say give yourself, just be realistic and willing. And I feel like the biggest thing that about an entrepreneur, a real entrepreneur, not a stunter, not a grandma, like a real entrepreneur, is you have to have resilience. Because this business game ain't easy and it's just generally not for everyone. And a lot of people think it's for them and it's not. It's not for everybody. And you're constantly going to be knocked down. It could be knocked down by the minorest thing. Your, your web developer, don't, don't, you can't get through to him and you're meant to launch 24 hours. Th- that is a lot, do you know what I mean? That's yeah. stressful because if you've been promoting and telling people you're going to launch and you can't get through to my man... Or something, do you know what I mean? Or, you know, I had, I, I changed my web developer and he, well, I changed the whole website and then basically the whole website was coded. So every single time I wanted to do a banner change, I had to contact him. Sometimes, okay. sometimes he was, because he's in another country, he never had internet and everything there. Do you know how stressful that is? Because I promoted, we've got 15% sale. My yeah. website doesn't show I that. Mean, you can't change it. Right, yeah. so those are things that are embarrassing. So you need to have resilience to understand, okay, how do, how do I get around these things? Do you know what I mean? There's mm. so much things that come into a business. You need to understand you will lose friends. You will feel lonely. Sometimes you can feel depressed. Like you feel like, right, I've been putting all my money into this thing. I don't really see nothing. I don't really see nothing. Rah, I ain't bought a pair of shoes in a minute. Like and you're feeling a bit envious because my girl's got the fresh Brazilian in. Mm. And you've got the three months dead one in. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> your edges are not together. Do you know, Like all these things that come with it. Like you just have to have resilience. And I just think that's like, um, like such a big thing in becoming an entrepreneur and growing yeah, and always be willing to grow and learn yeah. you know some people a lot of you get a lot of advice from people that are just just advisors but never will try it themselves do you understand always have people that ain't got no, ain't got nothing going on I'm not saying nothing going on but they're just nine to fivers and no shade to that because I'm a nine to five on that right now <laughs> innit I'm a nine to fiver so please don't kill me but I'm just saying like you know when you have an entrepreneur fire in your spirit yeah it's different 
and only other entrepreneurs can to really kind of understand that fire. So yeah, you know, take people's advice with a pinch of salt and pray. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> well, thank I'm you. I'm just gonna quickly do a quick fire round here. Sure. Where I just want you to give an answer. No thinking. Obviously, think. Jeez. I don't want no thinking. I'm nervous. Don't worry. It's nervous. It's not that bad. My back cheeks. All right. Heels or trainers? Heels. Beyonce or Rihanna? Beyonce. Beyonce or Whitney? Beyonce. Beyonce or Mariah? Beyonce. Beyonce or Jay-Z? Ooh. Were we talking about Jay-Z's coins or we talking about... Why are you asking me questions? <laughs> Just answer the Beyonce. question. Beyonce! Uh, oxtail or curry goat? Oxtail, fam. Jollof rice or rice and peas? Rice and peas, I'm Jamaican. So, it's tasteless. So you're being you're being offensive now. I feel like you just swore at me. That's it's, not, it's not tasteless, yeah. Yeah, it tastes in mine. Unless unless it's with something else. No, it's not tasteless. Listen, just plain for plain, yeah. Listen, if you know how to cook it properly, you put your coconut cream, you put your spring onion, and you put a little garlic in there. You, you make the rice shelly in Jamaica. When you make the rice proper, it's called shelly. But your rice shelly. <laughs> 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 Only real Jamaicans understand that. But anyways, go on. Next question. Insta or snap? Insta. And you went to a shop, yeah, and I and I said to you, can you remember having health? <laughs> can you tell everyone what you bought me, please? Okay, so I went to the shop and I said to him, oh, what do you want? And he's like, oh, surprise me. Yes. Surprise me. Yeah, with something healthy. And then he said, surprise with something healthy. So I bought my cucumber. I mean, I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> you bought me a 12-inch cucumber. <laughs> 12, okay, it's exaggerated. It's not 12-inch, but it was a big cucumber. It is healthy, and he boxed it. He's eating it now. He's enjoying it. <laughs> I mean, so I, did, I guess I did a good job. Oh, All right. Well, thank you very much for that. Thank you. Um, but, be, but before you go, yeah. can you give everyone your contact details and your social media no. handles? No. <laughs> Joking, <only>. no. <laughs> um. I won't give my business one now because I'm still re- I'm rebranding, so it's kind of like opening some private kind of thing. But my no- my normal Instagram is Denise underscore Stevenson. And that's Stevenson with PH. And how do you spell Edge? E J G E London. All right, thank you very much. Well, it was a pleasure having you, and you've now broken the mold and been the first woman. Woo woo! Thank you, thank you. I hope I'm received well. And um, I really hope that what I spoke about was insightful to some people and it touched somebody and I really hope that somebody just, you know, gets the balls and go for what they've got to go for. It's a beautiful thing being an entrepreneur. I don't want to downplay it. I think it's great. And I think it's uh, such a growing um, experience. So, you know, no matter the ups and downs, just keep pressing on. Don't watch no one. If you ever take a minute out and just, just be silent and do your thing in the background, just do it because people think you're sleeping, but you be woke, baby. You be woke. <laughs> <laughs> Don't watch what no one's saying. So, yeah. Do your thing. Thank you. Thank you for having me.